0: (laughs) Thank you.
1: happy monday night welcome to an all new edition of chips and dish here on the all about the birds network this is where you have to be on monday nights it is the chip show on the network it's the most chiptastic show possible i'm gonna stop using the word chip for at least a little bit because tonight i am joined by a very good friend of mine a killer musician a great dude ron in my i know it's Crabtree.
0: yeah yeah but
1: you're you're crabby. You're crabby, Patty. What's going on, my dude?
0: Oh, man, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm
1: good, man. Living the dream. I just I just had to umpire a game, and it was supposed to be a two-man game, and I did it solo, and I still got people hating on me. Did the work for two <laughs> people, and people still didn't like what I was doing.
0: Oh uh, like, yeah. I,
1: you guys just got 10-runned. I didn't do this.
0: <laughs> oh, the umpire is always the most popular guy on the field anyway.
1: Uh, listen! I actually normally am like I'm. I'm like friendly and stuff, but this one, man, I couldn't win him over. Um, Adam yeah. saying, "What's up, Adam? What's going on?" Thanks, always a great show on Mondays. I appreciate you, Matt. Checking in. What's up, Matt? Uh, Matt, I don't know if we're doing any flyers talk tonight. I know that is up Krabby's alley. Um, you you are a Flyers fan, correct, Krabby? I yeah, I'm a Flyers fan. Sure. Yeah. So we well, all right, so the theme of tonight's show. Um, is basically it is beginning to be the dog days of summer. And here in Philadelphia, we have nothing to look forward to. Um, Except for the union. We're going to get into, we're going to get into all this stuff. We got rock fingers happening from an Andrew McGuire. Drew, Drew, what's happening? We got rock fingers. Um, so Krabby, let's do this. Yeah. Why don't you, uh, let's, let's introduce yourself. I'm going to give you the spotlight for a second. here. ready for this? Oh, look at that. Hey, I, the missus says hi from the computer and the other room
0: yeah right on what's up missus so so crabby tell the people a little bit about yourself well i'm originally from new jersey i i'm the bass player in big romeo um i've been a sports fan ever since well i don't really want to date myself but uh my dad and i used to have season tickets for the phillies when it was the real dog days of summer back in the early (laughs) 90s when they were horrible um so I've I've been a um a three for four guy. I don't really wanna talk about what I'm three for four, but um I do love. No, the Phillies, no, no. Uh, although, I think we have yeah. to.
1: I think you have to.
0: Okay. Just
1: so that the people know and I can watch the viewership decline. Krabby, what's are you your sure it's gonna decline you... and
0: it's not gonna be one of those things where it's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna harass me?
1: Well, because here's the thing. Most of the people yeah. that you, you would have in common with don't even have the internet yet because you guys are still watching things on VHS tapes.
0: Oh, you know what? That's that's really funny that you say that because <laughs> uh, I actually do have VHS of <laughs> past Super Bowls. I, I'm not going to lie. Super Bowl 1993, I have it on VHS. I don't even have a VCR, but I do have... I still have the videotape, so... Oh yeah, Rico Bronya. Yeah. He was a fabulous player. He he well, I actually like Rico Uh, Bronya.
1: so who's your who's your team that we can't we're gonna you know throw you off of the podcast real quick? Go ahead. Share with Uh, people.
0: Yeah, I root for a football team that hails in the state where everything is bigger than everything else. And um, you know, they wear a star on their helmet. And I have been a fan since the 70s when I was a young kid. My dad grew up in Maryland. (laughs) He was a Washington Redskins fans. Yes, the Texans before they were the Oilers. <laughs> um, uh, Yeah, so my dad was a Redskins fan. And uh, normally with sports, you know, you go along with your parents. But uh, my dad was very, um, he was aggressive. He was very aggressive when it came to it. And uh, so I just decided with my mom's help to start rooting for the team that he hated the most just to be a dick. And um, mm-hmm. it stuck. So, yeah, I've always been a Cowboys fan. What's up, Andrew? How you doing, buddy? How's the baby? Um. So, yeah, I've always been a Cowboys fan. Um. I've rooted for the other teams in the city, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers. Um. Kick him out, Chip. Yeah, kick me out. <laughs> me on my way. <laughs> so, so, yeah. What, you are, what you are a Cowboys fan. Was, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, I knew you knew that. Sure.
1: Um that's about the baby. This is yeah. about you being a Cowboys right. fan. Yeah, how about? So I mean here's the thing. Look, we are we are a very welcoming bunch here. Uh right, exactly, man. And that was my point. At least the reason behind it is solid, right? Him being a Cowboys fan ha- there was a whole story behind it. He's not one of these guys like, "Oh yeah, I really like Troy Aikman and the fact that they're winning Super Bowls, so I don't know, let me be a Cowboys fan." That, well, that's, I really that's liked, not,
0: I really but, liked Roger Staubach and how they were winning Super Bowls or losing Super Bowls to the Pittsburgh Steelers. In the seventies. Yeah. yeah. I lost a few bets there. I bet my dad a couple of times, Cowboys, Steelers, Super Bowls, and and lost. It was heartbreaking. But <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna talk about
1: quite a few things um, right tonight. And look, I, I'm sitting around and I'm processing like what I want to do for this show, and I realize like right now there's not to get there's not a lot to get excited for. Um Currently, I'm watching the Phillies. They have just blown yet another lead. The bullpen uh, has just blown yet on. another lead, and I, I can't, I cannot figure out for the life of me what's positive about being a Philadelphia sports fan right now. So I brought in Krabby from from Big Romeo because they're they're always feeling the love. I'm hoping that he can bring me up a little bit. I'm hoping that I can a- avoid going on one of my as. As Jason loves one of my epic rants and infuriated th- where the veins pop out and everything. Um, yes, we do still have the best cheese steaks. That's absolutely true. And soft um, pretzels. And soft pretzels. And water ice. Don't forget our water, water.
0: ice. Water.
1: Water. Water <laughs> ice. <laughs> right.
0: um,
1: so real quick, we're sponsored by a lot of people. Let me go through this real quick. Don't forget, All About the Birds is sponsored by Statement Games for a fun free twist on fantasy sports. Link is in the description. OddsJam.com use their arbitrage calculator to not lose money. I still don't know what that means, but I said it. So it's good. Um, sure. uh, the aatbirds.com slash shop. We have all kinds of fun designs, including now our outdated playoff maxi shirts. So you can get those 99 jersey.com use the code aatbirds 20 for a 20% discount. This of course is a Georgetown. Allen hey, oh, yeah. jersey. nice. Um, So lots of good stuff there. And of course, manscaped.com, AATBirds20 for 20% off and free shipping at checkout. Your balls will thank you. All right. (laughs) Oh, Krabby, just wait until you see the end of the end of show commercial. I can't wait. Please understand that I have to record these things. And what happens is I am absolutely ridiculous as per me. And then we go from there. So I'm looking at the comments. Tell you what, we're going to start with the Phillies because Drew is done with the Phillies. He wants to blow it up. Adam is trying to bring it back, saying Zach Wheeler is positive vibes. So let me start off with this, Krabby. You started out, you know, back in the day, going to Veterans Stadium. Like, you know the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. Is, Is this current product fixable?
0: I think, actually, I do think it is fixable, and I, I, I tend to be over-positive about a lot of stuff when it comes to uh, the baseball team because I've seen so much losing, but I do think it's fixable, and not only do I think it's fixable, but I don't really think that all the other teams in the division are really all that good. Um, I mean, they haven't really been playing that well. The Phillies are not really that far behind mm-hmm. first place, to be honest with you. And True. a lot a lot of the reason that they are where they are is because A, they play poor defensively, and B, their bullpen is garbage. And yeah. yeah, it looked like it looked like they were fixing the bullpen you know earlier this year with some of the guys that they traded for some of the guys they signed in free agency. But um, honestly, I think if they stick close enough at the trade deadline, if they could get a good solid closer i don't know what they can give up in the farm system i don't you know but i just hold out hope that 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 can happen i mean you think back to the 17 birds where it's like you know carson wentz gets hurt the end of the year everybody thinks the season's over nick Foles comes in saves the day the same thing could happen here um you know just one guy good attitude about stuff the only problem. And the thing that I really am scared about is that I think we might have fool's gold with Joe Girardi. I think he might not be as good a manager as we all thought he was going to be when he was brought on. I'm just a little concerned about him, honestly.
1: So Um, let me, let me ask you this because this is not the first time. um, And Andrew, I'm going to get to your comment in a second because I want to, I want to see the comment, the Pivetta's comments first, but this is not the first time that I'm starting to see things being thrown on Girardi. And this is very typical because when you are a manager or a boss or a band leader or whatever it is, when things work cool, Mm -hmm. when things don't work, you take on all the blame. So the question comes in is, should Girardi be getting the blame? And, And I tend to think that, look, he, he won world series. He yeah. is a world series winning manager. So he was the right guy for the job at the time. But yeah, you look I totally at a guy like Gabe Kapler, right? But you look like a guy like Gabe Kapler and he's having success, but he failed miserably here. So is it more Girardi failing or is it the city and the organizational failure?
0: Well, I think it's part, it's a lot, the organizational failure. I think if you look at how they've drafted in the past and some of the things they did with Matt clentac Uh, so I think organizationally it's, it's been bad. Their farm system is not great. And, you know, they have not really had a lot of homegrown talent that, that they can rely on that, you know, that are, that's coming up. Like Reese Hoskins is supposed to be this stud, you know, first baseman. And, you know, he's really, really spotty. He's streaky, you know, he'll go Oh for 11 and then maybe he'll hit five bombs in five games or whatever it is. But, You know, you look at the team and it's like, how many guys have they gotten from the farm system that are on the team that are actually contributing? Right. So they had to trade for Rio Muto. Right. So you have Alec Boehm, you have Reese Hoskins, you Mm -hmm. have Aaron Nola. And that's really it. You know, everybody else is either a free agent or what have you. So if you're not building the team the proper way through the draft, then you're always going to be eh. And
1: I I think the thing is, you mentioned the draft. It's the Phillies are drafting players. It's just they're drafting the wrong ones. They're drafting the wrong ones. So, Andrew, a couple minutes ago, said, "What do you think of Nick Pavetta's comments?" So, Nick Pavetta used to be a Philadelphia Philly. Right. He is now a Boston Red Sox, Mm -hmm. and he no hit the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. I still call him the Devil Rays for six and two thirds inning eventually just pitches a shutout. And when he pitched here, he sucked. He sucked real bad. So when they asked him, like, hey, what's the difference between his time in Philly and now in Boston? The response, without even thinking, was, I think what it is is that these guys know how to win. The biggest difference is I learned how to be a part of a baseball club that has an understanding of how to win. So he called the Philadelphia Phillies losers.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: and I think that's accurate.
0: I agree. Absolutely. And I, but I think that all comes from, that all comes from the top, that winning attitude that, you know, you, you talk about band leader, manager, leader, what have you a good leader, a good manager is somebody that instills the confidence within their squad, that they're going to be a winning organization, that they're going. And, you know, when if Pavetta would come out when he was playing with the Phillies and he would pitch six and two-thirds, whatever it was, shut out ball, when he gave the ball over to the manager, he realized that the next two and the third, whatever it is, innings, that they were going to shut him down, he was going to get the win. He's pitching with more confidence, and he's a better pitcher. Uh, the, so yeah, right. it all it all comes from that. You know, we all thought that when Girardi came in, he was going to bring that that attitude of, yeah, I'm a winner, my team is a winner, and that kind of confidence was going to follow him. But it it doesn't look like that's the case. But well, you know, if- I gave him a pass for last year. His, you know, the bullpen was terrible. He was basically, you know, he was sent to he was sent to war. He was sent to a gun war with a spoon, essentially. But yeah, <laughs> this year I'm not giving him a. I'm not giving him as much a pass this year. It's just not well, and I don't you know? think you I can. Think he's got to be better. Like you
1: mentioned, like you mentioned, they did bring in some pieces, and the pieces yeah. on paper looked really good, right? The pieces on paper looked like solid additions. So Archie Bradley, mm-hmm. right? He's a solid addition. <clears throat> Connor Brogdon was a solid addition. Something happens when they come here. And I don't know if it's developmental. I don't know if it's, like you mentioned, lack of confidence. But the Philadelphia Phillies are not built to win. Or as we always mentioned, they picked the wrong guy, right? The Mickey right. Moniak pick. It's a terrible, yeah. it was a bad pick. But you mentioned the fool's goal thing. We yeah. were still being sold on Mickey Moniak as the second coming. So right. when we didn't have a center fielder at the start of the season, what did the entire fan base scream? bring up Mickey Moniak, bring up Mickey Moniak, bring up Mickey Moniak. And they brought him up and he didn't do diddly. The same way now was bring up Luke Williams, but now he might have to go back down because of the fact that, you know, numbers bring up Nick Maton. And now we're going to up and down him the same way we did to Scott Kingery. Nobody wants Scott Kingery. Nobody wants Matt Moore. Nobody wants Chase Anderson. Nobody wants David Hale. Nobody wants these guys. What does that say? And as Max just said, we got a lot of Camp America people tuning in. What's up? Right? A lot of these people they're bringing up, a lot of these bullpen pieces are either not ready or they're the wrong pieces. My example is Ranger Suarez. Right, again, being mm-hmm. sold the fool's gold thing. Right. There is no universe in my mind that Spencer Howard should still be a part of the starting rotation. None. He can't pitch one three An- innings. Another piece. Right. Right. Another piece. Right. He can. He just loses about, uh, loses five to six miles per hour of velocity each inning he goes.
0: Right. He runs out of gas, just kept, you know, playing, uh, taking the play at first base coming off the mound. Like seriously.
1: Well, no, my, my favorite was his first career at bat, right? He's running out the ground ball and he was the third out of the inning. His next inning that he pitched four miles per hour. And he admitted, oh yeah, it's because I was, I didn't get a chance to like, then go to the AL. Where you don't have to do it, but yeah. Vince Velasquez, he's look, he's been doing everything he can uh, as a number four starter. I can live with it. I can live with him as a four. But Spencer Howard is not. We cannot find a fifth guy. So I look at it and I go, give the shot to Ranger Suarez since he's already coming in in the second or third or fourth inning. Right, he's pitching four or five innings a game anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And Max, they're infamous for ruining farm players. Look at J.P. Crawford, was one of the best prospects and became nothing until he went to a different team. And now he has won a gold glove. Freddie Galvis having success for the Orioles. You know, all of these other guys. And that's that's Philadelphia chronically, right? For the Sixers, right? I'm going to switch gears for a second. The Sixers got rid of a guy named Jeremy Grant back in 2009, 2010, hang Hmm. on. Sorry. He played for the Sixers from 2014 to 2016. And he was awful. He was terrible. And then all of a sudden, Jeremy Grant is playing for Team USA this year because he just set career high numbers. He signed a three-year, $60 million contract with the Pistons. But don't worry. We still have Ben Simmons who will take and miss 100% of the shots that he doesn't take. He is the opposite of Wayne Gretzky. I went on a rant. I'm sorry. I I
0: know. I did it. The only (laughs) only thing that scares me, you bring up Ben Simmons. The only thing that scares me is, you know, you go and you trade Ben Simmons, and A, you get a garbage package back like you got for that guy that's wearing that shirt there, you know, that you got back for Iverson, (laughs) and you got back for Barkley. You get back nothing, and then all of a sudden, he turns into what he should have been in the first place. So right. that's the thing. We, we have to think about why me.
1: we got to think about why, right? The reason is because the Sixers aren't forcing him, right? The Phillies aren't for. So my first example, right? Reese Hoskins. Let's, let's go back to the Phillies. Let's, let's go there for a second. Okay. Reese Hoskins under Gabe Kapler and the analytic umbrella was told, about launch angle and hitting for the fences and doing this and doing this and forgetting everything he's learned about inside-out baseball and aiming down the lines and just putting the bat on the ball and making things happen. Mm -hmm. It has taken two years with Girardi to at least make him a respectable, consistent hitter sometimes.
0: Yeah, well, you know, he's a quarter infielder. He's got to be a stud hitter. I mean, that's, that's a total position for a stud hitter. Um, but you're right. The Gabe Kapler totally ruined him with the upward swing, the launch angle, the exit speed, all that nonsense. Instead of going out there and you know hitting the ball where it's pitched, and you know using his power to the opposite field and driving the ball right. in the gaps.
1: Like whatever happened, whatever. Ha- so again, going back to my my nightly ritual of umpiring, I am known when my when I build my strike zone and Gabe Kapler, I know that my. He just ruined it. When I build my strike zone, when I'm umping, I'm known for calling the outside strike. So it's always the outside part of the play. I know my strike zone is on Mm -hmm. if by the third or fourth inning, the coaches are saying, he's been calling that all night, guys. Put the bat on the ball. Go the opposite way with it. Right. Analytics is great. Looking at all these things is great. But whatever happened to just putting the bat on the ball, running the bases, throwing strikes? Whatever happened to that?
0: I don't know. It's 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 truly amazing that you know they <laughs> they come up with all Matt's this garbage. Go. What's that? Matt,
1: Matt has a good comment yeah. here.
0: Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, so far
1: you're in the running for comment of the night. Keep
0: it up. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I know I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, there's something oh, to be said, for guys up, that right. just, you know, yeah, there's something to be said for just, you know, just playing baseball. Like, I don't understand what the, what the big deal is about all this stuff. It doesn't, you know, the percentages say that, you know, with a guy on first and second, you should blah, blah, blah. It's, it's garbage. It's just, yeah, just play baseball. Like these guys have been doing it their whole life, you know, treat it like the game that it is, uh, you know, let your body right. take over. It's like, it, like being a musician, you know we were off for a long time with covid right so yeah when you get back up on stage you know my band has not rehearsed since covid so it's been mine, well over mine a year didn't. since we were in a rehearsal room right so it was like okay but we're going to go on stage we're going to play these 50 songs that we've been playing forever all it is is muscle memory so like as a kid you were taught how to do all these right things you know you coach uh, youth baseball everything. right i PG. coach everything <laughs> Right, do, do you teach the kids, you know, about launch angle and you know, exit speed and all that other stuff? You no, know, you just teach them. I, I, I tried to, I hit.
1: tried to, but little Timmy then had to use the potty and his shoes were untied. So I focused on yeah. that instead. <laughs> right.
0: Right. But <laughs> we just need to, we just need to get back to, you know, the, the basics of the sport. Yeah. Like, you know, the teams that win are the teams that have timely hitting that play that's good it. defense you know it's it it doesn't have anything to do with you know the third time through the lineup with this stupid pitcher and and it's just it's just dumb i max
1: i forget oh. who it was but I, I know i watched it as well and they yeah. went analytics analytics and as soon as they did it i went wow they just lost the game because they overthought this um right it'll it'll come to me i, f- I forget who it is but yeah i mean and that's that's the point so you look at the phillies overall. And, you know, the Tampa in the playoffs for, uh, for baseball, Tampa made the playoffs, the race. Oh yeah. Yeah. They did the devil raise. Um, (laughs) right. You look at this team, this Philadelphia Phillies team, and just go, go, go top to bottom, right? The I've done multiple shows on this. And, you know, I know Max, you're tuning in for the first time. So I'm going to let um, I'm gonna let Krabby answer this first. As soon as I okay. can find the comment right here, is Aaron Nola an ace?
0: No, no. I think he's a solid number two guy. I don't. I don't think that he's an ace. You you can't give him the ball every five days and expect him to uh, shut out a team or you know be your uh, the stopper as far as uh, you know if you're in a losing streak or something like that. I think Zach Wheeler is closer to an ace than Aaron Nola is. Um, I think Nola could have been an ace, but honestly, I think they ruined pitchers by only letting them go six innings or whatever it is. Sometimes you got to stretch these guys out. You got to, you know, they got to try to pitch their way through, you know, these issues. You know, I go back to a guy like uh, Greg Maddox, right? So Greg Maddox, when he first came into the league, was a guy that was throwing fire. He was throwing – in the high nineties. And then as his velocity started to go away, he had to learn how to pitch. So I think that that's the same thing with these guys today. They got to learn how to pitch. He has to learn how to make outs without his best stuff. And that's what an ace is made of. And I don't think that he has that. So I will say, no, he's not an ace. I think he's a solid number two guy, but I don't think he is, uh, uh, the checks in the mail, right? Chip.
1: Yes, absolutely. So what people will tell you, having watched my show, is I have gone on very long, huge tirades about this. I've done entire hour and a half shows about whether or not Aaron Nola is an ace. And for me, it boils down to one thing, consistency. So I watched the game the other day, and Aaron Nola was absolutely dealing fire 10 right. straight strikeouts like that doesn't happen but you know what's going to happen within the next 2 to 3 starts is he's is going to have an absolutely horrific start to met, to balance it out Aaron Nola is not consistent I he, want him to he be didn't finish I, the game I, I want him to be an and he didn't finish the game. the game and the Phillies and the Phillies lost that game right let me say that again in a in a game where Aaron Nola ties a major league baseball record for strikeouts. He doesn't finish the game and the team finds a way to lose the game.
0: Right. Right. That's all. That's uh, all. That's all you need right there. That that makes That's you it. Know, that's the whole thing. Right. Whereas again, and I know comparing
1: Nola to DeGrom is not fair because DeGrom, it, you can't compare anybody to DeGrom right now. He is no. ridiculous.
0: Right. But you don't have to have that kind of stuff to be an ace. You don't have to have Degrom's talent to be an ace. You you have to you know figure out how to get your team a win. You have to figure that out. You, you know you can't bail out of the game after six and two thirds. You know quality starts and all that nonsense that doesn't account for you being an ace. An ace wants the ball in the seventh inning. An ace wants the ball in the eighth inning. So, you know that's so why my he's point. Not.
1: I I have, and again, I did a whole show with a guy named Jason about this, and we had different definitions of what an ace was. And for me, I do not believe that every baseball team has an ace. No. I believe that every team has a number one starter who you would give the ball to in a do-or-die game, but Mm -hmm. I think there is a maximum of about five aces in baseball at any given time
0: i don't know about five maybe a little bit more than that but so i I, I look at i look
1: at like the whole fantasy baseball thing whereas if you got to pick the first five picks in the draft and it was the abstract pitchers who were the top Mm -hmm. five guys you would pick if that name isn't picked on one of them you can debate some of them so yeah maybe six or seven total because you can debate the last one right But for me, stop giving everybody a participation trophy. Stop giving every Major League Uh, Baseball team an ace. (laughs) It's not real. Not every team has an ace. Oh, well, he should be paid like one. No, he shouldn't. He had one exceptional season. Aaron Nola had one exceptional season.
0: Yeah, an ace is a guy that has – has he done since then? Right, an ace is a guy who, you know – who does that on a consistent basis. You're, you're absolutely right. Consistency. The Grom Verlander Scherzer Cole. I I
1: don't know Verlander anymore. There was a time a window where Verlander is absolutely in that contention. Um, I think Bauer, I would replace there, but Aaron Nola is not there. Zach Wheeler is the ace of the Philly staff, but he is not in that category either. And then you go to the back half of it, the bullpen. I miss the days where and again it's me bagging on analytics it's me bagging on the whole softness of baseball but i miss the days where you had a pitcher go 7 you had a setup man and you had a closer
0: yeah that's what that's what baseball was that's absolutely absolutely you didn't need a you didn't need specialists to come in in the you know in the 5th inning and yeah, yeah right yeah you had your guy got you 7 innings you had your setup man you had your closer and the rest of the guys in the bullpen Basically, they were there. If you know, you were getting the crap beat out of you, or you know, if you're if your guys at the back end of the bullpen needed a blow or extra innings, but right, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: But don't worry, don't worry. Spencer Howard tonight gave you two in, two and a third innings. Are you serious? He gave you two and a third innings, followed by Bailey Falter, Nefitali Feliz, and Enel Dele Santos, who's currently getting absolutely just a monster. Just wrecked on the mound.
0: Glad I'm not watching. I really am. I, I, I have was, it on mute. I was, I was, I was, I was gonna watch, but I'm glad I'm not.
1: But that, so yeah, that's for me. Like we're approaching the trade deadline. We yeah. are approaching the trade deadline. Is should we be looking to move these guys? Because this team, I, I disagree with you. I don't think this team is fixable. I think there are too many holes. And I think as a fan base, we have been sold. I'm going to use your phrase again yeah. fool's gold about this team. You know, JT Romuto is the best catcher in baseball, except he can't stay on the baseball diamond. Bryce Harper's having just an average year, just an average year. Alec Bohm is a bad third baseman.
0: Yeah. He is a yeah, bad third
1: baseman. Reese Hoskins yeah. is a terrible defensive first baseman. Yeah. Didi can't stay healthy. Gene no. Segura is our best player right now.
0: That's scary. And they tried to That's they tried to trade awful. him. They tried, they to, tried trade him to trade him in the offseason. Yeah.
1: You know, because he's O We could have the whole Oduble conversation. The on the team. Right. We can have the whole Oduble conversation.
0: I I the fact I, of the matter honestly is, y- yeah. Yeah, well, you know. I have daughters and uh Exactly. You know, I don't want I don't want O'Double on the squad. I nope. I don't think they should have kept him on a squad. I don't care if he hits four hundred. I I wouldn't want him on my baseball team. I just that's the kind of thing that um there's certain character issues that you just can't have on your squad. You just can't. So, you know, I know that baseball has these rules where they couldn't cut them or whatever the rule was that they had to keep him. I would have sent him to the minor league camp and let his contract run out and just let him go away. I would have never, ever, ever gotten that guy on the on the field. You just, you know, except, either you right. decide that you're going to live with Mickey Moniak or you got to trade for somebody that can play, but you can't have that guy on your team. You just can't do it.
1: Right, except I mean, now you have the issue as they, the Reds just scored another run on De Los Santos. Um <laughs> Except uh, now you have I'll the turn it issue. On now. Yeah. Like I said, it's over there. It's on mute. It's just, it's, it's terrible. But now you have the issue where Odubal is the only person who has been able to do the job a little bit. So now it's the Michael Vick conversation all over again. It's the, no, the we're not going to put you on the team. Brett Myers. Uh, you know, people like Riley Cooper didn't come back from their glaring things. Ray Rice didn't come back from his glaring things. However, If they had gotten the opportunity and they had played a little bit, you'd be amazed how quickly people would move on. Exactly. Max, this is my point. This is my point. And Oduble took his suspension as well. Oduble had his suspension as well. So at what point do people start being accepting again? Michael Vick has dogs again. Michael Vick is all over TV. No one's out boycotting. And if they are, the ratings are still fine. O'Double right now is the only person in the Philadelphia Phillies organization that can play center field.
0: Well, I would feel differently about O'Double if he would have done some of the things that Michael Vick did to Uh, uh, resurrect his, you know, his, his image, if he would have come out and raised money for domestic violence, if he would have, um, you know, done a lot of the things like Michael Vick. Yeah, what he did was horrible, but he, again, he served his jail time. And when he came back, he was a model citizen and he turned things around. He worked with, uh what's the name of the, the, the PETA or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the animal cruelty people. You know, Oduble would have to do the same thing as far as I'm concerned for him to be a part of the squad. Um And it is different, you know, like, you know, okay, so Michael Vick, you know, he executed a few dogs. This dude's beating his wife. Like, that's just girlfriend wife whatever she is like there's just something about that that just i don't know man it tells you the kind of person that you're dealing with um for sure
1: for sure and look i'm not saying that i'm going to invite oduble herrera over for a birthday party but i will say that this is 100 percent what has happened this season with oduble has been predictable He was going to come back. There was going to be a huge uproar. Nobody wanted him because of exactly the reasons you're saying. And you're Mm -hmm. very valid and right in your reasons. But then he was going to start hitting. And the narrative was going to shift. Right? The narrative was going to shift to, well, he's playing good baseball. And he made up for it. And the locker room and the clubhouse is cool with it. So then it gets split to some people are still very, very much against him but most people out of sight, out of mind, the what have you done for me lately is you've hit a home run. Yeah. And what will happen is by the end of the season, the minority of people will be the ones who will not go to another Phillies game as long as he's on the, in the organization.
0: Well, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't want to take my kids to a baseball game right. knowing that he was going to be playing. Um, I still support the team, but, uh, you know, I don't want to see that guy play. And I, you know, my kids don't even know the story about it. So it really doesn't have anything to do with anything, but it's just my personal thing that, you know, I feel that way. Right. You know, he's, 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 he's gotta, he's gotta have his come to Jesus moment or something. You know, he can't play the game of, well, you know, I know there's the language barrier where he's talked about where he doesn't necessarily speak very good English or whatever, but he's, he's gotta work through that. If he wants to be, a professional player, then he needs to act a certain way. And he's just not. He just, He's just, you know, everybody's forgetting that anything happened. And like you said, it's going to be now it's going to be the minority at the end of the year are going to, just like it was with Brett Myers, like, you know, that thing that happened in Boston. But, you know, when Brett Myers was, you know, on the 08 Phillies and he was, uh, you know, the second starter behind Cole Hamels or whatever he was, you know, everybody was cheering him. They'd forgotten all about it. So, and
1: that's that's my point. People yeah. forget when the winning starts. When the winning stops and you need a distraction, that's when people focus on these things.
0: Yeah. That's absolutely. when you can
1: pinpoint, like, oh, well, the reason why is because he's focused on all these other things. Right. Max, you're definitely coming on a show. I know I messaged you about this, yeah. but you're coming on a show. But this is the perfect example. Look at Ben Roethlisberger. My wife still to this day refers to him as, you know, his Ben Different Listburger.
0: Right,
1: hates the guy absolutely despises the guy
0: but in pittsburgh
1: he will have his jersey retired he will be an nfl hall of famer
0: yeah no doubt
1: no doubt in my mind yeah because he wins that's what it comes down to he wins you ignore you ignore things like michael uh michael jordan's gambling problems why because he's michael stinking jordan you yeah. ignore everything that Dennis Rodman had going on because he's Dennis Rodman.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: That's my point. It's all,
0: it's, it's all about winning. It's not, it's not about, you know, not about anything yeah. else. It's all about winning.
1: Max, you're coming on. Um, and like you said, and he didn't do anything to correct what he did. That's oh. the point. I think I do agree. And especially as a teacher, like I agree like the, okay, you messed up. Show your show. You're sorry. Fix it. But right. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched the the last dance. Yeah. They let Dennis Robin go out and do whatever. It was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> just somebody just somebody put like a baby low jack on to make sure we know where he is. <laughs> um, speaking of doing things. Yeah. Crabby, Talk me through yeah.
0: here. I'm sorry. Who? Crabby, T- what, what do we do with the Sixers? i I'm scared. Honestly, um, I don't want to trade Ben Simmons, so okay. I'm probably the only guy that roots for the Sixers that doesn't want to trade Ben Simmons, and there's a couple reasons why. The number one reason is again, I'm normally I'm an optimist when it comes to these guys, um, so I think that there's something in Ben that could be something special. Uh, I read somewhere that he is thinking about changing his dominant shooting hand from the left hand to the right hand i know he's been shooting foul shots i know it's been five years i know max um but i think that if he and correct me if i'm wrong but i thought that there was a point when he when they were doing the hackaben where he was bricking all these free throws and then there was one time where he looked kind of pissed off and then he took a free throw with his right hand as the dominant hand and swished it I'm not sure, but I thought I remember seeing that in one of the playoff games. So I hold out. I, I, I don't hope.
1: know. I feel like we would have not have been able to get off of uh, social media and everything else if he had done that.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. But I just and it goes back to the other thing. Like when you trade a star player, like when we traded Barkley and we traded Iverson and we traded, um, yeah, yeah. We definitely need to get Max on this show. Oh, Max um, is
1: definitely coming on. Hold on, Max. Uh, I'm gonna send you a link. If you if you're if you're camera ready like myself, Max. I'm gonna bring you on like right now. Give me a, give yeah. me a thumbs up, Max, in the comment section so I know you're good. <laughs> but,
0: but the, yeah, go I, the ahead, whole Crabby. the whole thing uh, the whole thing with Simmons is I think that he really does have the opportunity to fix it. I really do, and I think that he just needs the confidence. You know you, so that's a no. And, okay. and I don't, I wouldn't want to trade him. I don't want to trade him and <laughs> yeah, Max is at work. I wouldn't well, want to trade buddy. him. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that you're not going to, unless you, unless you get Lillard, you know, if they can pull off a trade and get Damian Lillard, then I think about it, but you have to give up an awful lot to get them. You know, the packages that they're talking about is Simmons, Maxi a couple of firsts and then some pick swaps and that type of thing. And I think that's an awful lot to give up for a guy who's going to be 30 next year, you know, and you're giving away two guys that are young players.
1: Let me, let me change this here for a second. As by the way, we got off the Phillies just in time. Nick Maton has just been brought into pitch. Wow. Let me say that again. Nick Maton, our utility infielder, is being brought into pitch because Niel de la Santos couldn't get three goddamn outs.
0: What, what? What's the score anyway? What? What is the? What's 12, the score? To I mean, 12, Twelve to four. Twelve
1: to four. Going into this inning, it was four to two Phillies.
0: Wow. So, I have nothing for that.
1: There's nothing for that. So here's the thing, right? Yeah. Let me ask you a hypothetical. If you could only keep one. Okay, if you can only keep one, do you keep Ben Simmons or Matisse Thibel?
0: Yeah. I think you have to keep Ben over Matisse Thibel. Okay. Because I think Ben is a... State your better case, because I disagree, player. so state your case. I think Ben's a better defensive player. Matisse is a very good defensive player, but I think Ben's the best defensive player in the league.
1: Yeah, um, keep Nick Mates I... on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... So, yeah, I think that, all right, cool, man. Time and a place. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll gladly let you kick my ass. Um, <laughs> Make a crabby patty out of you. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I think Thibel's a, a nice little player. He's a great defensive player. But he ha- I don't think he has any offensive upside, whereas Ben handles the ball. And for a large portion of his career, he's been very good at distributing the ball to the right guy. I just think that this mental block that he has in his head about not shooting and getting nervous when he's on the free throw line. I mean, he did shoot 70 percent or something like that in the playoffs a couple of years ago. And I just think that, you know, he's too young and it's too early to give up on him unless you're getting an absolute stud in return. If you're, you know, if you're trading him for a, you know, a a bucket of basketballs and a couple of draft picks, it's not going to be worth it. It's, you know, we don't need Jeff Hornacek. We don't need, uh, you know, who are some of the awesome players that we got for Allen Iverson? You know what I mean? Like, it's just garbage. Like, so you need a, you need a stud if we're going to get. He's the number one he was the number one pick in the draft but 4 years ago. He is not
1: going to demand a stud package in return right now because on a national by the way Nick Maton um threw 3 pitches and struck out a batter.
0: Wow. Nick the Maton who, is
1: the best pitcher in our <laughs> bullpen right now.
0: I'll tell you what, whoever Nick Maton struck out should get cut tomorrow.
1: I don't know if he's Actually, the I wouldn't
0: even I wouldn't even let that dude get on the bus on the way home.
1: Best part was <laughs> They checked him for foreign substances as he got off the field. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, there you I go. I have a little pine it tar my head Aaron Nola, too. Nick Maton, and the ace of this.
0: Right, that's our new closer, uh, Nick Maton.
1: Yeah. So, but, so, but here's here's my thing, and here's why I keep Matisse Thibault right now, and it's for one real reason: it's coachability. Ben Simmons, for the last five years, has been told you have to shoot more, you have to practice, you have to be a better all around player instead in the play. So he's, he's a great regular season stat stuffer, but when you get to the playoffs, he goes into his little Ben Simmons shell that last, that last game, he didn't even want the ball. He barely crossed over half court before he handed it, not passed it, handed the ball off to Curry. He doesn't want that ball. So that killer instinct He's never going to develop here because he's been coddled and baby all along. He has not been told, listen, if you do not take 15 jump shots tonight, not layups, jump shots, you are not starting tomorrow. He's never been told that. So therefore, he goes, I'm not going to shoot the ball. I don't have to shoot the ball. I'm fine. I don't need to shoot the ball. And he doesn't shoot the ball.
0: so, So let me ask you this. You know, I, I want to turn the tables on you a little bit. When Doc do Rivers took Simmons out of the game, when they started doing the hack of Ben, uh, rightfully in so playoffs, when he took him out of the game, do you think that that helped Ben Simmons? Or do you think that hurt Ben Simmons? Do you think that put him? Do you think he had a harder time dealing with being benched? Or do you think that was a relief to him to being taken off the, the court? Are and you not have talking
1: to? about Ben Simmons fragile psyche?
0: Yeah, I'm talking about – yeah, that's what I I'm talking I don't give a about. damn.
1: I don't give no, a no, damn.
0: You're no, being I'm paid just,
1: all the money that you're being paid, and your feelings are hurt that you can't make a free throw <laughs> so the coach pulled you because you're blowing the entire postseason. Go lick – no, no, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, no, but – You're not going to not gonna take me to this place. You're not going to take me to this place.
0: I'm trying. Uh, you can walk
1: <laughs> me – you can walk me to the river, but you can't make me drink.
0: Take a luck buddy. No, but I just, I I don't give a damn. Like, I'm not saying anything about his fragile ego per se. I'm just saying, like, do you think that when Ben Simmons was taken off the court, that that did affect his ego and then that affected his play the rest? Or, okay. So you you think that that was the case? Sure. Now Uh, ask me the uh, follow up. Okay. I would have, honestly, I would have left him on the court and I would have let him take his lumps. I would have let him totally brick all those free throws to the point to where he was embarrassed to where he should be embarrassed. That's he
1: should be embarrassed. He's not playing happen. for the right. He's not playing for the Australian Olympic team because he's going to work on his skills. No, he's not. He's going to go party with the Kardashian, and the only shots he's going to take are on Call of Duty. I don't want to hear this crap.
0: <laughs> maybe we can. I don't want to hear this. Maybe we can get some more videos of when he comes back and he's you know taking jump shots when they show the the three that he makes in, in practice. And
1: this is it, exactly like you're saying right now, Krabby. This is it. This is what he does. So fool me once. Uh, which part, Max? The the taking the shots of Call of Duty thing. I think that was the comment probably. So here's yeah. my thing. Fool me once, that's a shame on me, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: he posted this workout video. Look at him draining these threes. Look at him doing this. Look at him doing that. Oh, my God. Ben Simmons, this is going to be easier, right? This is going to be the break here. He's going to be worth that max contract. Does it a second season. All oh, right, well, we've seen this before. Okay, whoa, he took a three in a game. He took a three in a game. Uh, the Kardashians got him, right? Takes a three in a game. Oh, my God, it went in. Holy shit, right? Yeah. But that's fool me twice. I will not be fooled, but for a third time, we know that those videos mean nothing. So what are you going to do differently during the game? And this is part of also the Phillies issue. I think you look at the managers that they had, right? Gabe Kapler is having success in San Francisco. So you know that Gabe Kapler is a qualified manager. Yeah, he's Girardi not stupid, has had, right. No, Girardi has had success elsewhere. So you know he's a qualified manager. He comes here. Everyone's being coddled, right? It's the coddling. Doc Rivers has won an NBA championship. He has gotten to the playoffs. He is a borderline Hall of Fame coach. He is is still having the Brett Brown, let's all have ice cream players mentality. Doug Peterson was the same way, right? Chip Kelly, for all that he was a, a very predictable coach, was a son of a bitch. Right, He brought in his guys because they know how you coach. Doug Peterson, he di- He never developed a single player. Why? Because he wanted everyone to like him. He brought in these guys. He's like, hey, this is what we're going to do. If you can do it, cool. If not, then whatever. There was zero player development. You need accountability on the Phillies, on the Flyers, on the Sixers, on the Eagles. The Union is the only team with accountability, and they're a winning franchise. If you don't do your job, you do not belong on the court, on the field, on the diamond, on the ice. Figure it out. You are being paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to play children's games. I don't give a damn about your fragile psyche. Take the jump shot or get off the court. Right? And Max just said, it's not like when he shoots, the shots are way off. It's not like he's airballing and throwing it like crap. So what the hell?
0: Yeah, I he needs a coach that's going to make him accountable, and I thought Doc Rivers was going to be that guy. And you know, I I don't know how do how do you how do you do it? Like, how do you make a guy like that accountable? That has such a you know group of people around him that tell him how great he is, and like, how do you how do you get that out of him? How do you get the modern day athlete to bust his ass? And and learn the game and be accountable for when he makes a mistake. I mean, dude, Reese Hoskins, and I don't I don't mean to switch this back to the Phillies, but you're good. Reese, back Hoskins, forth, go. Reese Hoskins just yesterday committed an error, right? The cost the team the game. And he made a comment. Why don't you guys make sure you guys write about the good stuff too? Like, okay, so what's the good stuff? You you lost the game. What's what's the good stuff? You're supposed to win the game. Your error cost the team the game. Are are we supposed to like patch on the back? You know, just like you said earlier, with a participation trophy. Like, congratulations, Reese. You um, you didn't. You fielded a so, ground ball. Yeah, 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 exactly. You only made one error in the game. You know, um. So yeah, I I think that you know the managers and the coaches need to make these players accountable. I, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how they can. And, you know, you know, as a teacher, it's getting harder and harder and harder and harder to make the kids accountable because. So
1: a couple of years ago, I'm going, I'm going to answer this with what I did. Right. A yeah. couple of years ago. I shifted what I did in my classroom. So everything that I do in my classroom is Harry Potter based. Right. Mm-hmm. I sort the kids into houses. And when I ask them questions, I give them the, like, the little house points like we do all this Competition-based learning. My classroom is a cutthroat arena. They want to win. They want to win every week. They want to win every month. They count their own. Like, they want to win. Competition breeds excellence. And if you're one of these athletes that doesn't even want to compete, Ben Simmons Didn't want to be on the court. And here's how I know this. I want to say it was game five, maybe. I want to say it was game five. I could be wrong. Maybe game four. Trey Young dribbling the ball up the court. It's going to be a TV timeout. It's going to be a TV timeout. Ben Simmons, into the first half. Ben Simmons is sitting with two fouls. He dribbles, he goes to the referee, and Ben Simmons takes a swipe at him. It would have been his third foul.
0: Yeah, I remember the play. Not a good
1: foul, not a quality foul, but it would have been his third foul, which would put his ass back on the bench. Ben Simmons didn't want to be on the court. So as, Doc, do you keep him on the court? Do you commit then to having four versus five every time you're offensively on the ball so that he might play really good defense? That's why I keep Matisse Thybul right now as the alternative because Matisse is at least working on his three-point shot. He is already an exceptional defender. At least he gives a goddamn. Ben Simmons doesn't want to be here. It is like that former quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles whose name we do not mention anymore. He didn't want the competition. Fine, go elsewhere where you can be the big fish in a small Indianapolis pond.
0: Oh, you're going to get me started on this, aren't you?
1: If you can do it without saying his name, because we have now been forbidden from saying this man's name anymore.
0: Okay. Go. You may have. Um, no, 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 because my my original comment to all this is that maybe you're starting to sway me a little bit, because now I'm thinking if you're scared and yes, don't Kevin want Cull- the ball, like, <laughs> yeah. <we're>, no, Koi <laughs> no, Detmer. Max, I wore my own damn jersey. <laughs> There are guys that want the ball when the pressure's on, and the guys that don't want the ball when the pressure's on. And that I guess that's the part really that scares me about Ben is that maybe maybe he just doesn't want the ball when the pressure's on. Maybe you look back and sure he, he could put up he was putting up great stats when the team didn't have high expectations. And now that they had playoff aspirations and championship aspirations, maybe He's not maybe guy he guy. just can't handle it. Maybe that is he's not maybe that guy. is his MO. Maybe he just doesn't want the ball when the when the game's on the line. I mean, it was more than obvious that uh the guy from Atlanta whose name is escaping me right at this moment. Trey um, Young. Yeah, Trey Young. Trey Young wanted the ball when the game was on the line. He's taken, you know, healthy three pointers, you know, uh because he is trying to have his team win and he's not scared to take a shot. So, you know what? Maybe I'm and starting to play if on this. if you look – right, and if you look at the Bucs,
1: right, the Bucs are going to be the representative in the NBA Finals from the East, right? So you look at the Bucks. Giannis is not the killer on that team. Chris Middleton is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But Giannis is a dominant number two. Right. Ben Simmons is not a dominant – so even if you look now and flip it to what we have, which is Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons – Ben Simmons is not a dominant number two. He is good on one side of the basketball, but you cannot play 50% of the game. You can't do it. He we, would give the ball to Seth Curry and go hide in the corner. That what if we happen. have kept
0: Jimmy Butler instead of Tobias Harris? Like, is Jimmy Butler more of that number two guy? Like, Yes. I think, you know, Tobias Harris is is the number three guy that you're talking about. Agreed. You know, um, with obviously Joel being number two, um, I guess you know Joel being number one. I guess Ben was supposed to be number two, but he's not that. He's not Ben that Simmons.
1: Any game that he doesn't get a triple double, he's not playing hard enough. I'm sorry. If his skill set, his body, his athleticism, any game where he is not getting a triple double, he is not playing hard enough.
0: That's I how I, I feel. If somebody, if somebody really taps into what his talent level is, because it's sick. He's six foot eleven. He's always the fastest guy on the court. He can get to the basket at will. He handles the ball better than just about anybody else in the league and it just it, it, it mesmerizes me that all of that talent and
1: is wasted.
0: Yeah. It's wasted. And like like Andrew said, Ben didn't like
1: the attention that Jimmy Butler was getting. Just like a former Eagles quarterback didn't like the attention that Jalen Hurts was getting. So what did he do? Or the attention that Nick Foles was getting. So what did he do? He asked out of town. (sighs) If these guys don't want to be here, they don't have to be here. I'm not coddling grown ass men anymore. I'm not doing it. But the other problem, and I did a show about this last week. We as fans... Have got to stop pigeonholing these players, right? So when Ben Simmons came out, the comparisons were he's the next Magic Johnson, he's the next LeBron James. Well, now he's turned into yeah, he's tragic Johnson. That's what magic is (laughs) when he doesn't shoot. Tragic Johnson. That's Ben Simmons. I don't.
0: You know what? I'm not pigeonholing players. I don't. I don't necessarily think that Ben Simmons needs to shoot to be effective. He has a (sighs) lot of good low post moves that he can get. As long as he could get to the basket and he could sink his free throws and he could get fouled, he doesn't necessarily have to have an outside shot. If he took it just every once in a while, even if he was missing it, you know, he took that ten to twelve footer just so guys had to play him more honestly defensively and it would give him an opportunity to drive to the basket, he would be such a better player. He would be – it would be amazing. on top of that,
1: right, so you mentioned him, if you take the jump shot – because they play, like, further back than we are socially distanced through our computer monitors right now. But (laughs) if you take that shot a couple of times, number one, it forces the defender to come out on you, so then you have that ability to drive and score. That's huge. What it also does – is it removes one additional player from the paint where Joel Embiid is set up and you give him a chance to do his job. But when it's four on five, every single trip down the court, if I'm Joel Embiid, I'm saying, look, either get his ass in a gym and force him to shoot or get him off of my team. Because my knees, my back, my flopping, my acting job's only got another Five to seven years at
0: the high prime level that I'm at. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with that. I don't. I got nothing to say to
1: that. I, I, I do. I don't <laughs> see a way. I don't see a way where Ben Simmons can come back to Philadelphia. Unless there is some sort of. Well, I don't think he's going Unless gonna, there is some honestly. sort of of mandatory shot requirement per game. The only reason why you would have to is because the contract is virtually untradeable. Like you can, uh, you know, but you're gonna you, take you, a hit.
0: If you if you read stuff, there's 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 what, ten teams that are interested in him though. Like the Clippers one are interested. Uh sure they need another they need
1: another Paul George who actually can't shoot threes. Continue.
0: Right, but you know there are people that Services again, not opposed to trading him. I just don't want to get shit back. Like, I don't want another one of those, you know, because then we're really wasting Joel. Like, if you don't get something better in return, then you're really wasting Joel. And true, you know, that's so true. He missed his first two or three seasons with injuries. He's a he's a big guy. He's always gonna have injury issues. He's never gonna play a full season. So you know there's games you're gonna have to play without him. So And in you know, those games you're you need Ben Simmons to get, to get, better, get twenty points.
1: In those games, you need Ben Simmons to average twenty points a game. Nights where Joel Embiid doesn't play, you need Ben Simmons to average twenty points a game.
0: And the scary part is he can do it. He's shown that he easily can
1: do it. in the yeah.
0: regular season. He
1: cannot do it in the postseason. He has proven that now over three different postseason right. runs. Anything else you want to talk about with any of the teams. Let me ask you this because, you know, I'm going to give you an opportunity here on the All About the Birds Network yeah. okay. to talk a little NFC East. It doesn't even have right. to be the other two teams. So if you're just joining us, Krabby is a longtime Dallas Cowboys fan. It's the only yeah. thing I don't like about him. It's the only thing I don't like about him. You guys, and okay. I'm going to be honest, I looked at the roster you guys had built last season, and I thought, this is a mm-hmm. deep playoff run team. And then Dak got hurt, and you forgot that yeah. you needed to play both sides of the ball. You guys had a Ben Simmons defense. Um, oh, worse than that. Oh, my God. Your defense was horrific.
0: Um, oh, it, was, it was. Oh, my God, man. You, you don't know how many things I threw at the TV last year. Honestly, it was just brutal. Brutal to watch. So for
1: you, looking at this roster, Max thinks you guys have the division with ease this year. How are you feeling about the Cowboys this
0: season? How am I feeling? I I think that the biggest competition for the Cowboys this year in the division is going to be Washington.
1: I think Washington is kind of
0: that dark horse team. They play really, really good defense. And if Ron Rivera can – he can figure out his quarterback situation then Washington I think is going to be a very very strong team now you look on paper and you and you look at the draft the Cowboys drafted a lot of defensive players right got themselves a...
1: and and good and good defensive players um uh,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So i th- I think it's going to be close between Washington and Dallas. But here's the scary part: we don't know anything about Nick Sirianni. No, nope. we don't know anything. Like he, and we don't know what kind of offensive system. You know that Jalen Hurts was a very successful uh, quarterback in in college, and he showed some some nice things at the end of the year, but he didn't matter much. I mean, I know there was the chance that the Eagles could have made the playoffs, but it was you know, everybody knew what that was really all about. And Jalen hurt a little bit strong. So honestly, I think all the teams got better. The Eagles drafted uh, you know, I think they drafted really well a this year Good uh, with the exception of they, they, they reached for that guy in the second round. A little bit. Who's the
1: only player um, we haven't actually signed to a contract yet?
0: But I think the Cowboys should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's another one of those, could be a great player if he could stay on the field type of thing, but he hasn't stayed. And, you know, the offensive line, I'm not really sure what the Eagles are going to do with the offensive line. They, uh, you know, obviously Jason Peters is not going to be back. But you know, who's gonna God. play left tackle. Is it gonna be my lotta? Is it gonna yes. be Yeah? How do I think Dak it's... will do after his injury? Um this for well, me is the X factor question for well, the entire NFC East. Dak, it, it is it is the X factor question. And if you if you dig back into Dak's past, when Dak was a, a junior or a sophomore in college, um his mom had cancer mm-hmm. and she passed away and he went and I think he played a game uh, a couple of days after her funeral or something like that. And he was terrible. But then the next year he rebounded. He is um, listening to his press conferences and and watching him as much as I've watched him. uh, He is uh, his character is without question. And I think he is. um, Yeah. Okay. I don't know who Zelenograd is. He meant Zeke. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't Zeke. know how
1: Zelenograd got autocorrected <laughs> from Zeke to Zelenograd, but they probably should drop him too.
0: So I think Dak actually, you know, I think once he gets hit a couple times and he realizes that it's, you know, that he's that he's back, I think he's going to be back. Um, I don't think that he is the $40 million quarterback that he's paid to be. Uh, you know. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a great leader. His intangibles are more about his leadership ability than I think about him actually playing quarterback. I don't think that he's as accurate as he should be. And, uh, you know, when he escapes the pocket, he, he makes a lot of things happen, but without him having the receivers around him that he has, where CD lamb and, uh, Michael, Gallop, Cooper Michael Cooper and Michael Gallup. These guys can make catches if he's not making perfect throws. And, you know, so that helps him a lot. And I think that that's one of the things that really hurt the guy who will you'll we'll not name who wore a green uniform last year no, is that his receiving core would not make that play for him when he would escape the pocket or when he would make a throw that was a little bit errant. And, from coming from the other side, when you're a Cowboys fan and you watch the Eagles, the guy who was just traded to Indy mm-hmm. used to scare the bejesus out of me. I'll be honest oh, with Oh, God, you. no. He, Yeah, he did because his talent level, much like the guy that's playing for the Sixers right now, is off the charts. It's off the charts. If he would have had himself, say the Eagles would have gotten in front of the Cowboys last year and drafted C.D. Lamb and CeeDee Lamb right. would have played for the Eagles, the season would have been completely different. He was basically going out there with garbage. He had nobody to throw to. He had you so and me.
1: I, I don't know if I agree with that, simply for one reason. They did not develop anybody. Now, CeeDee Lamb was a more NFL-ready player than Jalen Rager. Yeah. But zero in the way of development for multiple players for multiple seasons. The guy that we are not mentioning – regressed from where he started his NFL career, and he was on a straight downward spiral because nobody forced him to get better.
0: I have a friend that calls him Prince Harry. We might start referring him to that.
1: I'm a Harry Potter guy, so we're just going to call him he who must not be named.
0: Yeah, all right. Okay. Um, Yeah, I see him completely different. Um, Honestly, I was scared to death. Every time the Cowboys played the Eagles because I thought that he had the ability to take over a game. And if he would have had weapons on the outside, the Eagles would have been unbelievable. Um, But see,
1: his his accuracy was such a problem. His decision-making was such a problem. He took unnecessary hits. He held the ball for too long. His accuracy was terrible. Every single throw was an adventure. So you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers, when he throws the ball, it is hyper-accurate. Peyton Manning, when he threw the ball, was hyper-accurate. When Mm. they threw the ball, you just assumed it was going to be completed. When he who must not be named threw the ball, you assumed that it was going to be behind him, over him, under him, through him, around him. It was never going to be in stride. Therefore, the yards after the catch were always going to take a hit.
0: Well, he who must not be named, um, every time he was throwing the ball to a receiver, how many times were they dropping catchable balls? Also, oh, probably a, it was a because bit behind them. because they were bad receivers. In front of
1: them. Right. Because they were bad <clears throat> receivers. If they had drafted CD Lamb, he who must not be named is still the quarterback for the Eagles. He's that much of a difference. I, <laughs> I Don, don't I don't that. know if I, I, I disagree. I disagree. I think that I think that he who must not be named wanted out. I think that he wanted out because as soon as they drafted Jalen Hurts and competition was there, that's it. He did not want anybody except Nate Sudfeld as the backup because Nate Sudfeld was never going to be the starter.
0: But let me ask you this question. If you have a team that's getting ready to compete for division championship, potentially go further in the playoffs, and you have glaring needs on your squad, why are you drafting the position that you already have is is the best player on your squad and he's a hundred million dollar guy? Why are you making agreed? That pick? Nobody in the history of the NFL has ever drafted a quarterback that high in the draft with that young of a guy in the seat. No, ever. No,
1: and like the, the one example that I think of is like the Washington football team back in the day when they drafted Kirk Cousins and RG three in the same first round.
0: Well, no, Kirk Cousins was like a fifth or a sixth round pick. He wasn't a first round pick. He was he was he was oh, that's much right. am sorry, no, in the draft.
1: Right. He was further on, but they drafted two quarterbacks in the same draft. Right? Because you look, at the, that that's, r- that's you look like, at the style of ball that RG that's different. Like RG three played, I think he was like a was he third round? Hold on. I
0: got to see now. Um, he was an Oregon Duck, right? He played for Oregon. He played for Michigan State. Oh, Okay, right. I knew it was green.
1: I knew it was green. Good, good, good stuff. Um, <laughs> he was drafted. But honestly, hold on. Fourth round. Yeah, fourth round.
0: Okay. Right, so you had. Uh, RG three was what the second or the third pick in the draft or the first pick mm-hmm. in the draft. He was, you know, top five. And then, you know, you take a flyer on a guy in the fourth round. I mean, that's, that's totally different. If the Eagles would have drafted somebody in the fourth round, instead of taking somebody in the second round, that's a whole different ball game. Exactly. You had so many needs you had to fill. You had so many players and, that you could have. And that wasn't in the it. Second round.
1: And that wasn't it. Right. I, we, we right. absolutely. Looked not only is
0: up for it. And not only that, now you've drafted a guy in the second round, but now every time this dude comes to work, he's got to walk past the statue of the guy who's gone, and the statue is him in a gimmick play. It's not even a real play. It's just a gimmick play that everybody's like, oh, Philly, Philly, but it's a gimmick play. It's not even something that, like, you know, you could have talked about the dime that he threw in the end zone to uh, who was the running back. Corey like, that was a, a perfect. Yeah, right. You could you know what I mean? Like that play should have been immortalized or, you know, the other the sack on Brady, the strip sack at the end of the game that sealed it. Those are the things you put a statue out. But Philly Philly, like that's just bogus. So he had to walk past that statue every day of the guy who's not even good enough to be, uh, you know, Mitchell Trubisky. For number one quarterback in Chicago, yeah. <laughs> right? You know what I mean. And everybody's so calling true. for this guy's name. There's a guy on the radio who named his damn dog Nick Foles because he's so you know so much in love with him. And the guy's probably not even going to play a snap this year, you know. And so you, yeah. Okay. So, so, so ty- And this is so this maybe is maybe his psyche was a little bit fragile. But honestly, you know, half half the city. Was, was calling for a guy who had strung together five good football games in his entire stinking career over a guy who was making a hundred million dollars and was the number two pick in the draft. My point there were is, three though, beautiful dimes right on.
1: Is I am done anointing guys too early. I am not going to say these guys are the second coming of so and so. I'm not gonna say that this guy is the next so and so. I'm gonna say, hey. Play a whole season, right? Like Jalen Hurts, he's posting these workout videos. I'm done with workout videos. I'm done getting Ben Simmons over and over again. I'm done with (laughs) the workout videos. Do it in a game. Your four-game sample size had highs and lows. You did not do enough to earn the starting job yet. Now, looking at the quarterbacks on the roster, he's definitely the best quarterback on the roster. Joe Joe Flacco Flacco. should not be the quarterback. But you can't – all these people who were like – well, we should have drafted um, all these available. Court Justin Fields would have been. You at some point have to draft the other positions of an NFL football team. There are twenty-two positions on an offense and a defense. Now, Jalen Hurts very well might be good, but this is a throwaway year. If he does great, give him another one. If he doesn't, we have three first-rounders. Draft a damn quarterback then. But I'm I'm just not anointing guys early. I'm not going to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, because we've seen it, like, we, we've seen it even in L.A., where Jared Goff was anointed the next the next coming of whatever, and then he got traded for Matthew Stafford, who's, what, 37 years old? Who was an old coming of so-and-so. Right, right. And they gave up picks to get rid of Jared Goff. So, yeah, I mean, y- you never know. You know, he had, what, one good season, two good seasons? Sure. So... Yeah. We're going to see
1: how much of that is him being a system quarterback.
0: Yeah. It'll be funny if the Rams really light it up this year and Stafford is like, you know, the top quarterback in the NFC.
1: Stafford has just always been meeting of weapons. Like when he had Calvin Johnson, he put up stupid good numbers.
0: Yeah. Stupid yeah. good. And he's, he's got Now put him out man. in L.A.
1: with an offensive-minded quarterback? Come on now.
0: He's got or an heart. offensive
1: minded coach yet. He, yeah.
0: he, have you ever seen that video where he was like, he was smacked late in the game and he, yeah. Walking exactly. around with his army yeah. like
1: trying to fling it up.
0: Right. He's like, I can, I can, I can come in and make one more play. They call it a timeout. He gets off the gurney and goes out like, you know, and, and scores. Give me the that. Give me right. that. Right. Give me
1: that. Not I stub my toe. I can't play.
0: <laughs> I have a Not stomach. Jamon
1: Brown fixing his glove mid play. Instead of blocking. <laughs> I took that uh, video that went viral on the social media. The, the glove play. I'm like, I, yeah. I, I can't. Okay, I can't. <laughs> right. Max, and made the play. Right. And made the play. The Jared Gothic. I just, I need tough guys. I need people that want to be here. As Jimmy McGinty said in the replacements, winners want the ball. Yeah, I agree. And like Wayne Gretzky said, when he was talking about Ben Simmons, you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take.
0: That's funny because at work, uh, my boss—well, he—he's not with us anymore—but he's a huge Sixers fan, and that is that is up on our whiteboard in the office. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, it's you know something I see every day when I go into the office, you know, and it's just you know, we're, we're doing sales calls. You know what I mean? It's not like we're out there playing for millions of dollars or anything like that, but it's still, it holds true. It it really does. You know, the guy who stands there and watches the third strike instead of swinging, you know, it's, it's, it's all true. You miss a hundred percent of the ones you don't take. And we've seen enough of that in this town that, you know, it's, it's sad. It's just, you know, it's but an expectation.
1: That's why when you know Joel Embiid broke his nose, him being the Phantom of the Opera with the mask, we yeah. responded to that. We right. responded. And he to that. played. We respond you know, he to the Philadelphia with mentality a,
0: with it with a torn torn muscle in his knee. And right, right. So, yeah. Right. Max,
1: I see all your comments here. I disagree, but I also won't put the guy's name up. I don't think he was that tough. He made one play with a torn ACL. And then after that, he's gave up on his career here. Aaron Rowan running into the wall in center field, shattering his face, and then coming back the next night with a mask on and broken orbital bones. Yeah. Give me more of those guys. Not these guys. And I always tell this story about Cliff Kingsbury, the coach of uh, – Arizona, when he became the head coach of the Cardinals, he, he he was coming out of college and he said, All right, well, I'm gonna give these guys cell phone breaks at, at meetings. And I went, I beg your fucking what? pardon. What? So what he does is everyone's cell phone went over like to a different quadrant of the room. And every like 15 minutes or so, he would allow his players to go check their phones.
0: Oh my god, you're serious?
1: Because He's like, well, they're they're already distracted there anyway. So at least if I give if I work in that time when they come back, they'll be focused. That's what professional foot, professional football looks like in twenty twenty one. Cell phone wow.
0: breaks. You know what? I, when I talk next time to my new boss, I'm gonna have to tell him I'm gonna need every fifteen minutes. I'm gonna need a cell phone break. I think that'll go over really well. Do it. Yeah. You miss hundred percent you know of the
1: shots you don't take, do it.
0: Right. Fourth of July, I'm gonna stop right in the middle of the set. Hey, we're playing Jesse's girl. Hold on. I need a cell phone break. You know. And then
1: are you gonna come back in? I played yeah, right. along
0: with the charade. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god. Krabby, it has yeah. been a damn pleasure,
0: man. Is there anything else you wanna you wanna throw out there? You were you guys playing this weekend? Anywhere exciting? I'm just we're just doing the fourth of July at the inlet. In Wildwood and uh that's really about it. It's coming up soon. You know, our schedule's kind of taking a hit, and uh so I've been doing some solos and duos with some friends, you know. Hey, if you ever want to do a solo duo with me, you want to do a duo with me, you know, we could we could do something like that. I'd be down.
1: I am retired <laughs> from the full band life, but I'm not uh retiring the beautiful
0: place. Yeah, right. You know how many wait, times wait, I've heard uh... guys say they're retired. I'm selling all my shit, I'm retired. You know many times I've heard that in my life. I need to have my Monday nights free for this, man. Yeah. I mean, how many gigs did you have on Monday nights?
1: They allegedly wanted to practice. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) practice. We're talking. (laughs) we talking about practice. Um, no, like I said, I'm taking a break for right now. I don't know if I'm done, 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 but I'm definitely taking a break for now. Um, Wait, ask me where I'm playing. Ask me where I'm playing. Go ahead. All right,
0: go ahead. so Chip, plug plug some of Let's the see. stuff that you're doing. Plug some of the places you're playing. Um,
1: I'm playing my left couch. Um,
0: I thought you were going to say I'm left. I'm playing.
1: A, this is a family show. It's a fucking oh, family show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm playing um, wherever we have our duo coming up that we're going to organize. All right. Um. I'm playing uh, 11U uh, 4th of July tournament at Deep Run um, as an umpire. Uh, but that's about it. Hell, I'm plugging DoorDash if I decide to do that.
0: There is I money you, to man. be made,
1: friends. The hustle game what. is
0: strong. Yeah, I'll tell you, man. With When COVID came about, I was so scared about losing all the money from not playing the music stuff. And after going through a year of not really playing that much and realizing that I didn't necessarily need the money and I didn't necessarily miss driving to Wildwood on a, you know, Thursday night and coming home at three o'clock in the morning and getting up and going to work the next day. I love Wildwood, too. But, um, you know, we kind of as a group have decided that we're going to do more stuff that's better for us. You know, we're going to make more money. We're going to work a little less. We're going to play weddings and we're not going to, yeah. you know, you know, play these, you know, these clubs where you have to drive hours and hours and hours and hours and and essentially end up making nothing by the time you're done. Uh, that's,
1: that's what I said. Like it takes so it takes 21 days to develop a habit. Mm-hmm. And our last show was in September before these last quick, like run run of shows in those couple of months. I developed way new habits that I just turned out. I didn't have time for putting old habits back in. Yeah. That was my, that was my logic behind the move. Not that I'm done with it. Not that I'm, I hate it. It's just that it was time.
0: Yeah, I understand. Um, and sometime in the near future, I may come to that decision too, but, uh, Honestly, dude, every time I get up on stage and I play, it's really, Yeah, that part that part it, I'm gonna mess It's really part. what I was born to do. Like I'm not really good at anything else. You know, like I, I mean, I know, disagree I, I with that. Talk about, I can talk about sports, but I you know, I probably hit less jump shots than Ben Simmons. Um <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I used to be actually a pretty good hockey player, but you know. Okay. That was about it. That's all I got. Like play racquetball, but now I'm just too old and too fat for that stuff. But, um, I get, I get a rush out of playing on stage, man. The first time that you, you understand the feeling. You walk up to oh, the, the mic, and it's just like all of a sudden, just even though you're playing somebody else's song, the energy from the crowd just just takes you away to a place where you're just like, there's nothing else that gives you that feeling ever. So, no,
1: we we played my final show
0: was Bird and Betty's in LBI. And
1: it was a thousand goddamn people there. And it was everything that we did, like the energy was insane. And at those exact moments, you're like, Well, do I really want to give this up? But then I'm driving home and I put the car in park at 4:30 in the morning and I've been swerving right. all over the road because I'm exhausted. And I went, Oh uh, yeah, I have kids that I like want to be around for. I know for me, there needed to be a a shift in gears, you know, between coaching and umpiring and teaching i'm gonna be teaching a college course and podcasting and like i have all these other things that for me outweighed the need to sing for three hours on a friday and saturday night yeah
0: i get it right now but right now um honestly if if i didn't have that i mean you know there's sometime in the future we'll we'll get into the real i have you know tons of drama in my real life stuff you know right and uh so it's it's nice to have that escape for me and something i've always done it's something i really 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 love to do and honestly i'd probably be in a hospital if i didn't have it i would i i I would be very unhealthy i I would lose my mind so yeah, look, it is, I, it is I met my, my wife
1: through this through this world, um, right? So my entire life
0: that I know came from this world. It's just we're we're talking right now because of this world.
1: We're talking right now because of this world. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's if it wasn't it, it, you, always, if it
0: wasn't for you know you know I uh, knew I know Andrew Silverman and, because of this world. Right. right, absolutely. Yeah, ha 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 ha. Where did that crazy things are happening? I don't know. You have crazy things happening in your house. I actually closed the door. So that way I wouldn't have crazy things happening in my house. So
1: it might be mine. Well, in that situation, listen, let me wrap this up. Let me pay the bills. Let me play a fun commercial. And we're going to call it a night. So this has been chips and dish. We do this every single Monday night. I want to thank you. Ron Crabtree, crabby Patty from big Romeo for coming on talking sports for the last hour and a half with me.
0: Um, Well, thanks for having me chip. You know, any Monday night that you want to, man, I'm totally down. I love it. I love it, man. Dude, talking sports is just, it's my jam. It's my jam. Speaking man. of jam,
1: Odds Jam. You can use their arbitrage calculator for not losing money. I still don't know what the word arbitrage means. I got to ask Phil again. we do doing some gambling stuff here. Um, so OddsJam.com. You know what at, that means. It has something to do with money. Don't lose it. Statement Games, fun free twist on fantasy sports. Again, not losing money aatbirds.com for our shops. Again, please like, subscribe, turn on notifications. We do live shows every single night of the week almost. Tonight is May Chips and Dish Monday nights. Tuesday is our fantasy golf and gambling show called Fairway to Heaven. Wednesday nights is the All About the Birds Eagles weekly show. Thursday is the Across the Pitch or Across the Pond. I think it's Across the Pitch soccer show about the Philadelphia Union. Friday is Birds, Beers, and BS, which is basically a big old drinking show. Um, and then Saturday, I think there's a, a YouTube exclusive with the draft stuff. We have shows every every single night, not to mention all kinds of special stuff. Make sure you're checking us out. We have lots of good stuff. 99jersey.com, AATBirds. Use the code AATBirds for 20%. AATBirds20 for a 20% discount. Check out, again, this is my Al Iverson jersey. Max, if you're still watching, I might wear it tomorrow. I don't know. It's very comfortable. Um, and, of course, Manscaped.com. Your
0: balls will thank you.
1: Use the code AATBIRDS for 20% off and free shipping at checkout.
0: Krabby. Hey, can I do that? fun. Can I, can I do yeah, that? Your do it. balls will thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Krabby, you are going to appreciate the commercial that I'm about to play as the wrap-up.
0: Yeah, I'm um, looking forward to it.
1: You, what, are you not looking forward to it? No, I am. I'm looking forward show to it. Wait, every show on the All About the Birds Network, we end the same way. And you have to say it.
0: Ready? What? Go, Birds! Go, Birds!
1: And we're out of beer, so we're out of here. Bye, friends. Have a great night. (laughs) Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach pod? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation performance package, which includes the Lawn Mower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS. It's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Grease, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the Lawn Mower 4.0. This trimmer is insane, and dare I say, the GOAT of ball trimmers. Yes, I said it. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor and a new multi function on off switch and can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000 K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shape. Not to mention, it's waterproof. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations. Before heading outside, use Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to keep you on your game in the heat. Then, after trimming the lawn and whacking the weeds in the heat, give your beach balls a boost and use Crop Revival. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0. Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS at Manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped.